Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today, we're speaking with Alex Atonez. Hey, Alex, how are you? Hey, what's up? How are you doing? Uh, thank uh, you for having me on the show. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show, Alex. Um, Alex is the chief executive officer at Shaco. Um, Shaco is an app developer. It was really focused on making application development and final apps uh, more uh, easier for users and more intuitive. And so we'll talk a lot more about kind of the Shaco approach and Alex's ideas there. But before we get there, Alex, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career to date. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. So Alex Otanias here, been, been running the company for about eight years. My, my background actually is in consulting. So I've been in consulting for the majority of my life. So consulting and startups. Started my career with IBM back in 2006 or Pricewaterhouse and IBM as a supply chain strategist. And honestly, my goal was to assess companies uh, with, with the support of my team at IBM and bring technology to them in the supply chain area. From there, I actually moved to a consulting firm here in Richmond focused on business strategy and tech strategy and worked, worked with this company called Ironworks until they sold or were acquired in 2012. And from about 2013 until today, have, have been really working with Shaco, building some incredible applications for, for Fortune 500 clients uh, across the country and all over the world. I love it. And uh, so tell me a little bit more about Shaco, actually. Tell me what you guys are are doing in your approach? Yeah, great, great question. So we, we focus on, on three core concepts, connected, immersive, and predictive. And, and what we're trying to do with the applications is make our clients relevant through, through the innovation that we bring to them. Um, in, in today's world, I, there, there's millions of applications. I think the last stat, uh, statistic that I saw is $150 billion through, through both app stores in the marketplace. And so what that tells me and a lot of our consumers is there's a lot of apps. And for <laughs> our clients to, to stay relevant in their eyes of their users, they have to be innovative and create these great experiences. And, and that's, that's where we come in. So we, we don't only focus on the mobile applications, we actually focus on what we call a connected experience. So, so how does a user work with a computer, with a mobile application, with a voice device, and, and in today's world, AR, right? So mm -hmm. we, we essentially connect those experiences for the clients that we work with. The second thing that we do is, is focus on an immersive experience. One of the, the hottest trends in the industry right now is augmented reality. Mm -hmm. So how, how do we immerse our clients into an experience? How do we basically create a 3D object for our clients to shop in? Um, how, how do we bring an, an inanimate object to life through the applications that we build? And then finally, predictive, right? Um, when, when a client reaches into their pocket to grab their phone, we want to make sure that the information that they are looking for is, is relevant to the action they're taking. So, so predictive behaviors. We use AI, we use machine learning to essentially predict and, and show information to our clients that, that makes that engagement a little nicer. So connected, predictive, and immersive is, is really the three concepts we behind the apps that we build. You know, it's what you said right up front, Alex, is so true. Trying to get uh, all these applications then, uh, to stand out in a sea of apps is, 
is a real challenge. And I like what you're outlining, which is a holistic approach, uh, essentially looking at, at the application in the context of the customer experience with the brand or, or the company. Do you have any good examples that you want to share with us on some of the stuff that you guys might have been working on? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've worked with um, some of the largest banks in the country. We've worked with some of the uh, uh, best fast food retailers in the com- country. I think the ones that come to mind right now, the first one is Caribou Coffee. I, I love the example of Caribou Coffee. So we built that application, uh, gosh, I, I would say in 2017, so about four years ago, maybe maybe a little longer. But it was a fun application to build. As, as, as you guys probably know, Starbucks holds dominance in that marketplace and, yeah. and caribou is actually owned by by a larger conglomerate but we built this funny application that essentially was it, it was it was a funny application because the whole point of the application was to make it engaging so we basically you go into the application and you move a little rock you literally drag a rock and and you are delighted with the surprise maybe it's a free coffee maybe it's a free donut maybe it's a free treat but the whole concept behind the application is as a caribou customer you're standing in line you're waiting for a coffee. Most people want to see what's in that drink. So we basically gave them a menu. Then people are like trying to get engaged with the application. So rather than just have them come in and get out, we wanted to give them something that delighted them. And and this aspect of moving the rock and getting a reward was really fun because sometimes you get a reward, sometimes you don't. Love the the app. I think it has about 4.8, 4.9 stars in in the app store and and customers like it. It represents the brand well. Um, So so that's um, that's probably the example that comes to mind. Another example that comes to mind is JB Hunt. So JB Hunt is a transportation and logistics company, um, mm-hmm. probably one of the largest, if not the largest transportation company, second to like Amazon and FedEx and, and, and the, big, um, the big companies that come to mind. But we, we built two applications for them originally, um, one for their employees, their truckers, and one for the companies that they managed. And um, we, we went from a paper-based process, right? So filling out a paper, uh, completing a paper, getting your routes, et cetera, et cetera, that, that happened on a daily basis to essentially building an, an app for, for truckers that replaced everything, everything paper and gave wow. truckers a route, um, created a better delivery process. Um, and, and eventually what, what JB Hunt ended up doing was consolidating both applications into one and, and turning this application into one of the most well-known uh, transportation apps or transportation app platforms in the market space. So two very, very different examples that engaged users and, and created a better life for, for that end consumer of the application. Yeah, I love it. I've actually used the Caribou Coffee app and it is a very, very good example of of what companies should be thinking about as they try to bring that customer experience and customer loyalty and all of those fun things together. Um, But it's such a complicated space in this application world. And I would just love to kind of hear your thoughts on your advice, I suppose, to companies that are trying to navigate it as it continues to evolve and and expand. And, you know, you were talking about things like some of these trends, like augmented reality, and how far should companies embrace that, things like that. Oh, so many questions there. Yeah, I know. Well, well we can unpack it, but I, I, uh, I was let trying me to kind of that. put it, yeah, go for it. Um, so where, where do companies start, right? And, and I think the first thing I would always recommend is do not copy an app that's out there, right? If, if there's an app with a lot of traction, 
they did it for a reason, right? They built a brand around the application. Don't copy them. Um, start with your brand and what your companies want. What the application is doing for your brand is creating a shared meaning. So, so you basically start with your brand, start with the, the impact you want to have on, on the customers or the consumers of that application and build an app around that. And, and that is the most important thing because if you start following or chasing applications and functions that are out there, then you're essentially imitating something else that's out there and, and, and occupying the space that's already been taken. So the companies and the applications that work best are those that essentially build applications around the meaning of their brand, right? Mm. Um, Caribou is a great example, right? If Caribou followed exactly what Starbucks did, they would have had the exact same application and, and that delight that Caribou brings to its customers would have, would have vanished, right? It's, it's a very different experience at that coffee shop and, and the application does a very good job of representing that experience. Let, let me ask um, you, let me just ask you one question in terms of that type of um, interface and UX experience that you're highlighting. So one of the things that I've heard at times is that over time, users kind of learn certain functionalities. They start to kind of, they, they, they almost become so ubiquitous. It's the, the swipe that people experience on Tinder or, you know, those types of elements. And it seems that we, in some ways, get trapped or don't we have to factor those things in? And just kind of accept them in a way, or how do you how do you deal with kind of going in a new way whilst also having kind of these more ubiquitous functions in place? Yeah, does that's that make a great sense? Question. Yeah. Yeah, 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 of course it does. Um, so Google and Apple have predefined patterns, design patterns that they recommend a, a developer use. So when a user starts using an application. Um, functionality is, is something that they, they quickly understand or, or adapt to, right? And so as, as an app development company, we have those patterns that, that we recognize and we want to build within that certain framework. But as, as you become a better designer of applications, a better developer of applications, you know where to push push those boundaries to make sure that a user understands how to start using an application, but at the same time, you delight with, with, with a few extra design elements that, that, that just essentially take you outside of that framework, but still allow a user to, to comprehend what they are doing. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, those are the developers that I think, or the designers, I should say, the design firms that, that, that excel are the ones that push boundaries just enough but, but give the user that, that relevance. And, and one of the things that we say here, one of our core values at Shaco is simplify. We are a company that started in, in this mobile era and our company was built around mobile apps. We have extended beyond that now, but our premise in 2010, 2011, 12, 13 was if you need a manual to operate an app, then you've done something wrong. <laughs> and your point was, hey, listen, if there are these predefined boundaries that, that these design elements that we we come to expect in an application, then how do you how do you go outside of that? You yeah. start with the boundaries and then you push them just a little bit. So a user is guided through a story in the application. I love it. I, you know, what you just highlighted is something that uh, irritates me in some ways parallels some of the things that I've said to people over the years, which is when you look at an app that seems to have too many features, you start to ask yourself, maybe they don't really have an app. Right. Maybe yeah. they, maybe they don't have a central idea or a sense of how it's being utilized. So it's a yeah. it's a, an excellent point. Well, let's change gears a little bit, Alex, and talk about 
the pandemic. Um, tell me a little bit about how that has helped maybe or hindered or caused opportunities or challenges to appear for Shaco. Ooh, I think it hindered my mindset. And, and, and I yeah. think I, like most people, are a little crazier because of it. But uh, from an app perspective, um, there, there's two sides to the story there. So when the pandemic hit, we doubled down on our investment. And, and I think in, in hindsight, it was a good idea that could have gone bad. But here's what happened. The customers that we had relied on us to extend their mobile functionality. Um, a great example is uh, grocery stores. We work with um, a couple grocery stores, um, a few grocery stores, right? And um, buy online, pick up in store, um, curbside pickup were, were things that became immediate necessities during the mm -hmm. pandemic. And so they, they gave us the green light to essentially build that feature and that function quicker than we've ever done before. Um, they're not alone. There's other clients and customers that had to do the exact same thing, right? And so from that perspective, our, our existing client base became more loyal than ever. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think the flip side to the pandemic is new customers became harder to obtain for us, right? Mm -hmm. and, and everybody that we were, we were all in a, in a state of shock, in a state of transition. A lot of people just didn't know whether to invest or not, hold back cash, not hold back cash. So gaining new customers during the pandemic was a little bit harder. Um, at the macro level, as you know, I, I would say what, 75 to 90% of the country was essentially stuck at home during the pandemic, those, those right. first whatever few weeks. And the need for mobile applications actually decreased, right? So, so the, the type of mobile applications that we built, these applications that serve purpose, we're, we're, we're not in high demand because people were stuck on their computers. People wanted to essentially get away from the screen. Uh, and so Although I feel like I ordered maybe too many burritos from Chipotle through their app. <laughs> yes. yes, that's 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 a whole different situation, right? Like those those common applications that we use. Right. Like you started reusing them. Now, yeah. here's the interesting thing. Once the country started becoming, uh, once the country turned into this, and it's not just the country, but the world went into a state of limbo. Do I stay home? Do I not? Do I work from home? Do I work from office? Do I have this hybrid situation? Mobile exploded. And, and the reason mobile exploded is you are now in a, in, a, in a state of transition at all points in your life, right? I'm going to work from home in the morning and I'm going to work from the office in the afternoon and then I have to pick up my kid. And the only way to stay connected with your life is through mobile applications. And so most people thought that we would have an increased business during the pandemic, but mm -hmm. it's once the, once the pandemic started tailoring or tapering off, that's when we saw a lot of business for, for, for Shaco because that state of transition in our lives became more evident than ever, right? I'm moving from here to there and I really need to rely on mobile. And, and so keeping informed with, with whatever it is, right? Whether you're ordering a burrito or you're sending an email to your clients or you're, you're checking your credit card statement, it's all mobile now. Yeah. And, and, and that's when things really got interesting. The second thing, you asked a question a few minutes about AR. Um, from a grocery perspective, buy online, pick up in store, um, mobile ordering, all that became extremely easy for grocery stores. What was not easy for grocery stores was introducing new products, right? So the, mm. the staples that we currently buy, I, I know how to add those to my cart, but I'm not going to explore new products on, on, on an app. It was very, it, it was very difficult. Yeah. So, so that's become a challenge. And then the second thing, and, and you'll probably see this in the coming years now, as, as a retail store, somebody that sells sneakers, somebody that sells jeans, if you're not Amazon, you need to start displaying your products in a more creative, innovative way, right? Yeah. And that's when AR became extremely popular. So try before you buy. So what does this 
what does this shirt look like on me? Can, can yeah. I basically use a mirror to see that? Or can I use my application to, to basically see that? Um, can I spin a shoe in circles, right? Um, can I actually like, I mean, without necessarily touching the shoe, can I, can I experience it more? And since, since the pandemic has been tapering, I think that the introduction of AR ha has been skyrocketing in retail. I, you know, what you just said about trial, it parallels a conversation I had with some uh, supermarket folks uh, because that has been a challenge that they get hit with with all by CPG companies, which is how do yeah. you how do you deal with a world where you know people were perhaps a little more reluctant to sometimes come into the stores? How do you drive that trial? And so I can clearly see how augmented reality plays a role in, in exciting, enticing, give someone, giving someone a little bit maybe more comfort and understanding of various products before they step attempt maybe to, to trial it or, uh, or maybe even also to, to buy. Um, and I, I can clearly see that as being a great and important trend as we move forward uh, into 2022. Tell me a little bit about what your thoughts are for the new year. What are, what are Shaco and the team thinking about? I mean, we're, we're staying with our, with our three core concepts, which is immersive, connected, and predictive. Um, there, there's a couple trends in the industry that are starting to take shape. Um, the first one is sustainability, and, and we're starting to talk about it. Um, I, I saw an article by, by McKinsey just, just two days ago, right? And it essentially said that if, if a company wants to engage with millennials or, or a younger generation, sustainability has to be part of the brand. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Um, as, as a company, we, we have practiced sustainability since since the beginning of, of our, our, our existence, right? We've never had paper here. We've never had a printer at our company. And, and that's, that's surprising for most people. Um, so as a company, we practice sustainability, but now we want to make sure that the companies that we service are, are focused on sustainability. And when they build applications, they're actually re reinforcing that concept, right? If you, need, if you have an app, you don't need paper. That's, that's yeah. a huge savings, right? Um, so I think that's the first one. The second one is, is, I mean, you can't avoid the metaverse, right? So, I mean, meta came out now, Facebook meta. Um, I, I don't think most people understand what that means. Um, and I think various people, you know, it, I, I'm excited it. to hear what you think, Alec, you know, for me, I started to have like second life flashbacks, uh, which is because I, I remember when, um, you know, I read these articles today as if this is all new and I'm like, well, I remember when people started to buy real estate in Second Life. I remember when people had agencies, you know, marketing agencies geared towards Second Life. And now we're starting to see a lot of these things starting to repeat themselves. And, it, you know, it, but it seems obviously much more robust this time. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's two approaches to, to the metaverse. Actually, there's, there's numerous approaches to the metaverse. Um, the best way for me to describe it is if, if you talk about Second Life, it was a virtual life versus your physical life. And, and they were two separate mm -hmm. entities. And, and like you, I remember, I think Marriott or Hilton bought properties there and, yeah. and established hotels. And, and so you were living two, two, two lives, right? You had your life and a second life. I think the metaverse that has been introduced in, in the last few weeks is, is not an either or, but an and. Right? It's the integration of technology with your daily life. And how do you essentially superimpose a technical or a digital world on, on your, your current existence? So as I'm walking down the street, um, I'm going to be able to use glasses to actually see a digital version or, or I don't know, a print production, an NFT what a, um, on a wall without necessarily having to be in VR. Right, So it's a superimposed 
digital life on, on our current physical world. And, and I think that is the description of the metaverse that intrigues me the most. Yeah. Um, because that, that creates a truly connected environment where you don't have to choose between a screen and, and your physical interaction. And, and as you walk yeah, down no, the street, I, I, you see I like something. your description and your approach uh, much better than Zuckerberg's. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's, it seemed like the way that Zuckerberg seems to want to go is almost like an alternate life. And perhaps, you know, we, we've all read Snow Crash. We've all... We've all, uh, you know, seen these uh, alternate worlds and we've seen the Matrix movies. But the reality is that there's a huge area of, of great opportunity and excitement between those two things. And that, that to me is what you're talking about, which is how do we do this in a way that's actually much more seamless, much more connected to how we are as human beings, right? And and that's really, I'm hoping, where, where we go with this. Well, Alex, yeah, yeah go ahead. You had a question? or I No, mean, no, no, what, keep going. What are you going. excited about next year? <laughs> well, honestly, I would say that, you know, when I look at next year and all the possibilities, one of the things I'm hoping that uh, to be excited about is this maybe a, a, a more scaled form of returning to a world where we're able to be truly mobile again. And, uh, you know, I feel like we've been living this, uh, uh, this world of fits and starts lately, where we'll, well, we're, you know, where I, I feel like I'm taking the step back to uh, perhaps kind of uh, mobile freedom in a way, and then suddenly we're told not to and all of those types of things. So I'm hoping that that gets resolved in some meaningful way. In terms of kind of the technology there's no doubt that the thing that's most exciting to me is that the pandemic was truly, in my perspective, the break from the past. And companies like yours that are developing things for the digital mobile world are critical. Whereas I would say that it was perhaps perceived as an important ancillary product before. Now it is the product. It is the company. Like, I, I'm sure that probably with some of your clients, it's probably the volume of usage is only escalating at just such a dramatic pace. You know, you go into stores and it's not having a mobile line anymore. It's there's only a mobile line, right? Like uh, I think that that is what hit me recently when I walked into a coffee shop and I was on a business trip. I, I just went out and just popped in to grab a cup of coffee at this place. And um, nobody was in line. Everyone was just picking up orders and leaving. And, and that to me was such a moment of reflection, which was that we've passed the tipping point. We're, we, are, we are speeding up into a truly digital world. And, and I think that probably when I hear about things like the metaverse, it seems to me that we're just now looking a little bit further into the horizon. Um, but... I mean, business is digital. Uh, business will only become more digital. And we're going to see some kind of blocking and tackling stuff like this, like applying blockchain to almost every aspect of business really become so common uh, that that will kind of maybe even solidify the foundation even more. So that's kind of what I'm thinking about. But it just may maybe because I'm a little, a little older than you, Alex, that I, I think of the 
the world where there used to be so much talk in the digital space, but perhaps not a lot of action. And what I've experienced over the last couple of years is, oh my God, it's uh, all the all the naysayers are gone. It's all it's all digital all the time now. I agree. Uh, um, just just one quick comment, but you you referenced the story of the coffee shop where yeah you walk in you pick up and you go yeah I think the biggest challenge and the thing I am most excited about the next two or three years is is the opportunity to use technology to bring back the the human element of connection right yeah so I think one of the things that COVID did is it separated us it put us in bubbles right and and so you come to the coffee shop you grab your coffee there's there's no longer that experience of sitting around and talking or meeting a stranger right like there's this let's just go in and out the the interaction happens with the business and I leave but as, as people, as business leaders, we have this opportunity to bring back that human connection and we could use technology for that and, and create a space where people feel safe. And, and we're still using technology to connect them. And I don't know what that means yet, but yeah. I am so excited about just, just being able to talk to a stranger and, and over God knows what at a coffee shop and, and come back with some insightful information. Um, I think we've lost a little bit of that. Um, oh, and, a lot and, of it. Yeah, and, and that to me is, I think, the fear that there will be a lot of applications that continue to lose it as yeah. they explore this space. But certainly there's people out like out there like you and the team at Chaco that are, are actually taking a, what I think is a great human approach on this and one that I'm excited to see what comes comes from you guys. Alex, thank you so much for being on Uncaged today. Uh, we've been speaking with Alex Otonias. He's the uh, Chief Executive Officer at Shaco. It's a Shaco mobile by design, but we've been talking about a lot more than just mobile, but really kind of thinking about application development in the broader context of, of how we live our lives and applying some of the things that are here to stay, augmented reality, considering things like the metaverse and doing it in a way that is seamless with our everyday lives. Alex, thank you so much for being on the show. If someone wanted to reach you, where should they find you? Just go to our website, www.shaco.com or shoot me an email, alex.shaco.com. Awesome. Well, listen, thank you so much. Look forward to talking to you again. Awesome. Thank you. Talk soon.